Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Hope is rooted in creating a lasting personal legacy. Hi, it's Diane here at Someone Gets Me, and today I wanna talk about creating a lasting personal legacy, and that that's where our hope is. And so our hope is rooted in this legacy that we're creating. And so I have some pondering questions for you as I go through things to consider about your personal legacy. And one of them is, are you thinking seven generations from now? Are you really thinking in the long term? And long term isn't one year or five years and 10 years, it's generations from now. Because whether you believe it or understand it or not, spiritually or scientifically, everything we do affects everything. And the energy we put into the world, our emotions, everything affect the world ongoing. So have you even thought about that? Have you thought about that legacy? Maybe not in your name, though it could be that. It could be in something you create. It could be in just a way of being, of kindness or generosity. I had somebody ask me recently um, what I do when somebody I'm working with just doesn't get it or they don't want to get it. And I said, well, I love them. And so love is part of my lasting personal legacy because I can love you from a distance. I can offer you that highest agape spiritual love and be present for you whether you believe me or like me or love me or not or whatever, it's regardless of the outside circumstance. So when I run into somebody who doesn't wanna work on themselves and doesn't, be, or maybe doesn't even believe in the stuff I talk about, right? I can still love them my heart to their heart just cause the human self doesn't get it, doesn't mean that that overall universal love energy can't exist. So. That's how I look at it. So how do you look at it? How do you look at your legacy? What are you taking forward? So I'm bringing this up because it's time to be really intentional. It's time to be on point, even more so now than ever, to bring our legacy to reality, to keep moving forward, to keep doing the things that serve the greater good and to instill hope in ourselves and others because of this action and because of our focus and our diligence and our attention to detail. So I have written down some steps to them and I wanna go over these steps and hopefully some of them will resonate with you. Maybe you're already doing a lot of them, but they're just some of my ideas about how to keep our personal legacy going, how to get it started, what do we do? And then from that, we have hope. So the first thing, the first thing that I think is important in starting your own personal legacy or creating it is to start every day with completing something. Like complete something important as early in the morning as you possibly can. Because what I notice is analysis paralysis and procrastination and overwhelm and fear can get in our way. And what some people do is we will, 
we'll start to, to do something and we won't complete it and then we'll put it off or we'll not do it. And then those little monkey voices in our heads start yelling at us and saying, oh, you're bad or you're not good enough or you'll never do it. So if you want to have a lasting legacy, complete something first thing in the morning as early as possible. Complete it. It's a task. You know it's done. For some people, it's taking a shower because they take their showers in the morning. For some people, it's making their bed. Making your bed first thing in the morning is a great first thing to complete. I make my bed in the morning so that I don't get back in it some days. And sometimes I make it because I really like my bed and it looks really pretty. But it's something to say that I got it done first thing in the morning. So pick a task and then get it done first thing in the morning. Wake up seven days a week and that's the first thing you do. Because when you do that and you already have something completed for the day, it's impossible to have a failed day. It's impossible to say, oh, I messed it all up because you started out on a roll. You started out doing something productive that was taking you where you wanted to go. It's done. The second thing is um, to respect all sentient beings. And, um, and I think this is really important to respect all life, all creatures, to um, be that person who respects and cares for and notices and admires and does not harm other beings, other humans, other beings, all sentient beings, and really taking care of Mother Earth, of our trees, of the animals all around, you know, like there was a chipmunk on my porch yesterday morning and I was loving that chipmunk. Just I was, I was just sitting in the house watching the little chipmunk and just sending that little chipmunk lots of love. And there's a big tree in my backyard and I thank that tree every day for its shade and its beauty, you know. And there's a cat that lives across the way that just roams around, checking out the neighborhood. And I respect that cat for the beautiful cat that it is. So do you respect all sentient beings? How about other humans? How about the humans that you don't agree with? Or how about the ones where their behavior kind of puts you off a little bit and it's hard, it's hard to love them, right? That's where the spiritual love comes in. But we can respect them as another human being. It doesn't mean we have to agree. But if we don't begin to respect other beings and we don't begin to understand that that's important, then we get ourselves in trouble. We want to find somebody, part of this number two, respecting other beings, is we want to find people to go through life with. I have an inner circle, and I have multiple peer groups, and I have lots of people in my life that I'm going through life with. So who are you going through life with? Who do you respect? Who do you admire? Who mentors you? Who are you mentoring, right? Formally or informally? How are we demonstrating our respect for others by having other people going through life with us? Biologically and neurologically, we are not meant to go through life alone. So we want to have people in our world. So even me, an introvert, I gotta have people in my life because our, our heads, our neurology, our emotions, they do not go with being totally isolated all the time and not having any input from others. So part of my respect for other sentient beings is having other people in my life to go through life with me formally and informally, friends, colleagues, you know, hired coaches and mentors, all kinds of people go through life with me and that's part of it, is bringing other people along your path with you, your family, people that matter to you. 
So you want to have those people. You want to have respect. Number three is you want to take risks and step out of your comfort zone, especially when it's tough. Yeah. Every day, take a risk. Every day, step out of your comfort zone. Because our life really happens outside that comfort zone. To go out there, and even when things are hard, like this pandemic and things are happening, keep going and step out of your comfort zone. Meet someone new. Do something for another person. Take a risk that gets you toward where you say you want to go. I always ask myself, is what I'm doing going to get me where I say I want to go? Then, when things get a little harder, we step it up. See, regular people, or people who aren't really paying attention to their legacy, if things get tough, they might back up. They step out. I'm suggesting we step in and step up. So when things get tough, we up the ante, we step in, we lean into the situation, we lean into the thing, into the challenge, and we create something and we work and we do things and we take action and we take risks. That's the difference between a legacy maker and a non-legacy maker, right? Is are you stepping up in the hard times? Are you, when it's tough, do you back down or do you step in? Now, part of stepping in and stepping up could be taking a little bit of a rest, reorganizing, kind of like, you know, when when you're playing football and they, they don't get their first down and, and they have to send out the defense, that offense kind of steps back for a minute, reevaluates the game plan, but then they jump back in. So if you're reevaluating the plan, the key is to jump back in and step up when it's tough instead of recoiling and not, not stepping up. Number, number four is to stand up to the bullies and the sharks, I call them, and the piggybackers, and use your voice for the benefit of those who don't have a voice or whose voice have been silenced. And, and I, I, again, think this is a really big deal because I have a voice and I try to use my voice for the people who either their voice has been silent or they don't have a voice in a situation. So do you step up and do you use your voice and stand up to what's wrong and a sense of justice, right? And do you take care of the people who don't have a voice? I've worked for a long time with people with chronic mental illness and, and for a long time with people with different kinds of addiction. And sometimes some of the gifted people I have, their voice kind of gets squashed because people don't understand them. So do you use your voice to help those people whose voices might be muted or stopped or not even around? And do you use your voice to back off the bullies? You know, one time I was racing a boat and, and um, the, some, some people on the boat started saying some very negative things about people with addiction and it was clearly out of ignorance. And so I used my voice to back that down. There was nobody, there was no client there. There was, there was no one there that had addiction, but it was wrong. So do you stand up for what was right? And it's funny because after that race, the boat owner came to me kind of privately and thanked me for standing up to the other people on the team. So are you using your voice to stand up to the bullies? Are you taking a stand? Are you helping other people? Are you looking for places to serve? Places to give to other people, to serve other people without expecting anything in return. Because when you have bullies around or you have people that are taking advantage, then it creates a lot of discord. 
and I'm talking about the physical, like in your face violence, and there's also emotional bullying, right? And there's cyberbullying, and there's all kinds of things that create pain. Like I'm, I'm only 4'11", I'm short, and I've been in many just business networking events where men much taller than me would come and jam into my personal space and shake my hand so hard that they would try to crush my, you know, crush my fingers you know, to show power and control. And sometimes they would even twist my hand a little bit. Of course, I didn't engage with them after I let go of that handshake, except for to say thank you, but no thank you. But do you stand up to that? Do you, are you one of the people doing it? What are you doing to have more harmony and justice and peace in the world? And are you standing up to the people who are um, changing reality, who are gaslighting, right? Who are doing things that are not healthy. And in order for us to stand up to things that aren't healthy, we have to be working on our own development and our own health most of the time so that we're always raising our vibration, so we're always growing, we're always evolving. Like I'm a different person today than I was last year on the same day than I was 10 years ago. You know, my fingerprints might be the same, but that's pretty much it because I'm always focused on growing, using my voice, standing up to things, I mean, that's what this podcast is, helping people and bringing a light to the world of hope for people and their legacy and to help people not be so stuck. So my life's work is really important in that very same way, using my voice to stand up. Number five is to realize that life isn't always fair and we're all going to fail at stuff and we're all going to mess up. So it's okay, <laughs> right? That's where having a beginner's mind is really good, I think. And that's where I'm just like, well, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing really rotten the first time. You know, it's worth starting ugly. It's okay. It's worth saying, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna go after it and I'm gonna do it my very best. And I know that if I keep doing whatever the thing is, in a few short days or months or years, my very best will be very different. So the key is, is on this day, am I doing what's in alignment for me? Am I doing my best? And if the answer is yes, that's all that matters. Because I know that even at this podcast, I could look back on it a long time from now and go, oh, you could have said it that way, or oh, you forgot this, or what about that? And it's irrelevant. So when you Monday morning quarterback yourself and you second guess and you put self-doubt in there, you are actually separating yourself from your own legacy. You're actually getting in your way. Because when we have momentum and we're taking action and we're standing up and we're paying attention and we're getting our tasks done, whatever they are, then and only then we can realize that if we mess something up or we, it's a flop or we fail at something and we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding with a new knowledge and a new understanding and a new happiness and a new focus. We're never, never starting from scratch totally because we just learned something from the thing before. And so people that leave a lasting legacy and people that have hope in creating that are the people who keep on going even when it's a perceived failure or even when something's gone wrong or even when it's all blown up. There's a lot of stuff I've done that's failed. There's a lot of stuff I've done that I didn't really like as much as I thought I was going to, but I kept on going. Yeah, keep on going no matter what no matter what, because it's not fair. You know, fair is what comes to the, you know, what has rides in the county fair or things like that. Life isn't fair. So that's why those of us that have a voice, 
those of us who are here to bring a legacy forward and we're focused on that, we have a mighty job, we have a mighty purpose. There's a lot riding on our decision to say yes and then to do it. It's, you know, if we say yes and we don't do it, that doesn't help. We have to say yes and then we have to do it. Both things, that's how it works. Yeah, seriously. So if you're gonna leave a late, a great legacy, then for your lifetime, you wanna leave a good legacy every day, right? If you're going to do that, that means every day, every day you get up and complete a task. Every day you do what you say you're gonna do. You exercise that integrity muscle. You keep moving forward. You step up when the going gets tough instead of recoiling. You do those things that you know will get you where you say you want to go, right? So here's what you need. You need a few things in order to take to have this personal legacy be created in the long run. Those are the tasks, those are the five things you do. Here's some things you need, inner things. One is inner honesty. We've got to have inner honesty in order to be aware, in order to have that integrity necessary to keep on moving forward. Because building a legacy with no foundation, it will all crumble. So it really matters that we're doing our tasks, but it matters that we're being honest. Am I doing what I say I'm going to do? And am I not doing what I say I'm not going to do? That matters. And if we're having a hard time with that, which we all do at different times in our life, that's where the people traveling with you that you respect help you. You don't judge somebody when they're struggling. You help them. Right? And when you need help, you ask for help and assistance or inspiration, something. We don't need to suffer alone or worry alone, right? The other thing we need, another thing we need is, is a regulated nervous system. We live in a society full of fear, full of pain, full of trauma, full of gooky stuff. And if you were raised in a house with dysregulation, which probably most people were, then we need to re-regulate our nervous system and it's not always as easy as people think. Like I know a lot of clients of mine when I talk about quiet time and stillness and meditation, they're like, I can't do that. That's a dysregulated nervous system. It's not because they don't want to, it's because their nervous system is in a danger zone. And that's that heightened awareness that's between calm and fight or flight or freeze. And a lot of people live in this danger zone and they get stuck there. And so we want to regulate our nervous system so that we can be calm most of the time and then come up and down as necessary depending on what we're dealing with. So we need to regulate our nervous system. I do techniques with my clients to help them regulate their nervous system so that they can uh, have a life that lands on them well, where they can receive goodness, they can let people in, and they don't have to be anxious and nervous and not sleeping anymore. You need to have an open mind and an open heart. Yes, an open mind and an open heart. and those are important. I always say, I always want people to have a safe trip through my consciousness. Yeah. And I want to have an open heart because closing my heart off only hurts me and it hurts everyone else. Remember, everything you think, say, and do goes out into the universe for the rest of eternity. So I don't want to close my heart down and I want to be able to have it open and I want to have an open mind. I love learning things I don't know something about or engaging with somebody that knows something I don't know about or maybe something I know about, but that what I know is different. And so we can, we can add to each other's knowledge base. It's really wonderful. And then the last thing we have to be willing to do internally is we have to be willing to release the part of us that gets us in the jams. 
We have to release the old parts of us that no longer serve us. We have to be willing to let go of the people, places, situations, belief systems, self-talk that hold us down. And sometimes that's the hardest thing. We get married to the familiar pain. We'll sometimes hold on to things we shouldn't hold on to. We stay in relationships because they're convenient, jobs because they're convenient, instead of following what our heart and our mind and our gut are telling us to do. And when you don't follow your soul, you don't follow your calling, you're going to pay a price that you probably don't want to pay. So what I think is it's so important to follow my calling, do what I say I'm going to do, release the things that are outdated. I mean, I just moved from Florida, my home for my whole life, to North Carolina because I knew I needed a change. I knew I needed something different to expand my wings in a different way. And when I dialed into my legacy and my spiritual self, I could feel it. So was it scary a little bit? Sometimes. It was more thrilling and more exciting because I know with all the cells of this being that great things happen when we're willing to step in to our calling and step up. And the world's going through a hard time right now. And I know that I have a lot of unique gifts to be helping people, including me, right? And if I'm not stepping up, then that's not living my legacy. That's not living my mission. And that's hurtful. That's painful. You know, the Buddhists say, when you say, I hate myself, you don't hate you. You hate that you're not being you. So think about that for a minute. When you're upset with yourself, it's not you you're upset with. It's the fact you're not being you that you're upset with. So living your legacy is an amazing thing. And living your legacy as you're doing it, not waiting for you to be dead to have a legacy, is really beautiful. And it's rooted in that hope and that ability to see beyond where we are today, to be able to see goodness and to bring goodness and gratitude and kindness and generosity with us forward like a tidal wave. So I invite you to complete a task every day and stand up for those people that can't stand up for themselves, to respect all sentient beings, and to begin to really get more and more deeply honest with yourself all the way so that you can live your legacy now. You can see it unfolding now, and you can feel hope, and you can be that beacon of hope now. So until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well and know that I've got your back. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.